Welcome to ReachMD. This special edition of The Pulse of Emergency Medicine is sponsored by Eagle Pharmaceuticals. The following activity is intended for physicians. Here's your host, Dr. Andrew Wilner. Exertional heat stroke, or EHS, is a sudden and unpredictable condition that raises core body temperatures above 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Left untreated, EHS leads to significant neurological dysfunction and high mortality rates. On this program, we'll take a closer look at the neurological underpinnings and pathophysiology of this disease, identifying those at highest risk to help make a faster diagnosis. This is ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner. Joining me is Dr. Julian Bales, Director of the Department of Neurosurgery and Co-Director of the North Shore University Health System Neurological Institute in Chicago. Dr. Bales, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dr. Wilner. Good to be with you. To start, help us characterize exertional heat stroke, or EHS, from a diagnostic standpoint. Exertional heat stroke differs from standard or classic heat stroke. Classic heat stroke typically occurred after heat waves and particularly vulnerable population like the very young or the elderly and those with pre-existing conditions. Exertional heat stroke is caused by physical activity such as exercising or working outside in hot and humid environments. And so oftentimes uh, we can tell from the history itself, the history of exposure, and also by the symptoms of the patient. Is the diagnosis straightforward or does it ever get mistaken for other etiologies? Well, it's ordinarily in most circumstances, it's able to be discerned, but it can sometimes masquerade as other, other conditions such as concussion or stroke or exertional hyponatremia, cardiac arrest, or even heat exhaustion. But Exertional heat stroke, the problem is it can proceed and develop rapidly. And so then the neurological conditions often emerge. Fainting, dizziness, vomiting, or unusual behavior are often the very first things which are seen. In terms of the epidemiology, do we have a good estimation of the incidence and prevalence of EHS? Well, we we probably don't. It's believed that it is becoming more common. It's believed that because of the rising temperatures worldwide and because of perhaps greater recognition, that exertional heat stroke is more common than it was in the past. Which patient populations are at the highest risk for this disease? Well, exertional heat stroke is most common, again, in exercising in hot and humid environments. And those are most commonly athletes, often athletes in high school that are undergoing football practice in the summer months, particularly August, or those undergoing training. Those working out who are not acclimated or who may be out of shape or obese. Not only athletes, however, though, construction workers, outdoor workers, firefighters, and military who are exposed to a hot human environment and with exertion are the usual ones who are at risk for exertional heat stroke. Yeah, in my mind, I picture uh, Marines in training and others who are having to push themselves like professional athletes, whereas someone else, if they began to feel that way, might say, oh, I think I'm going to go lie down. But these are people maybe who don't really have that option. Well, that's correct. And many of these, whether they're athletes or or construction workers or firefighters, they are either expected, it's expected of them or they expect of themselves to push through some of these 
initial sensations they get. And if the the body can't cool itself efficiently and sufficiently, that's where you can exceed your body's ability to handle the heat, and that's where the problems can begin. For those who are just joining us, this is ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner. I'm speaking with Dr. Julian Bales about the characterization and pathophysiology of exertional heat stroke. Dr. Bales, let's walk through the pathophysiology of this disease process to get a better sense for what's going on at the cellular level. Well, the exact temperature at which the collapse of the body's ability to handle may vary, but by definition, as was said earlier, if, if it's the temperature is greater than 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees centigrade, in most people, the body can no longer efficiently cool to prevent the metabolic effects to begin to occur. And that begins at the cellular level where proteins can get denatured, phospholipids and lipoproteins can become destabilized. And then it ultimately affects at the cellular level the intracellular regulation of calcium. Well, now that we know a little bit more about this disease process and the at-risk patients, what are the short and long-term complications for those who aren't quickly identified and treated? Well, certainly exertional heat stroke can progress. It can progress to neurological problems and neurological compromise, including even alteration in sensorium, alteration level of consciousness, coma, and death. In addition to the brain, the two other organs which are commonly affected by exertional heat stroke are the kidneys and the liver. Are the neurological effects of VHS quickly reversible with aggressive cooling? Well, they are if cooling is instituted in time and if the, if the tipping point metabolically hasn't been reached. And that's really what we have to work on is identifying those at risk and then getting them out of that environment, getting them cooled, and in many cases, getting them to medical attention. From your specialty's vantage point, what neurological assessments or measures do you prefer for helping make this diagnosis quickly and accurately? Well, the number one thing is the history, the exposure to temperature and humidity, perhaps in those who have either, like you mentioned earlier, push themselves beyond their limits, or in those who are not acclimated or out of shape or obese or have coexisting medical conditions. And for us, it's really a high index of suspicion, knowing someone who's been in that environment, been in that exposure, and then to begin to realize and put that together that, that not only may it be initially nausea and vomiting, but also beginning to have neurological changes such as alterations in sensorium, confusion, emotional instability, irritability, nausea, vomiting, cramps can occur. But if it progresses unabated, it will lead to collapse and coma. Before we wrap up, are there any additional thoughts on EHS that you'd like to impart to our listening audience? The, the main thing is the awareness, particularly as we enter the summer months, and an awareness of those who are at risk and that exertional heat stroke is different than classic heat stroke, which occurs in heat waves. Exertional heat stroke can occur to anyone. It can occur to someone who is relatively young and someone who's athletic or maybe serving in the military or as a firefighter. So 
it's not the older, the young that have medical pre-existing conditions. It's seemingly healthy, but those are ones who are in the right setup, a perfect storm to have this occur if the temperature rises too high and cannot be gotten down. Well, with that, I want to thank my guests for joining me to discuss the characterization and pathophysiology of exertional heat stroke. Dr. Bales, it was great having you on the program. Thank you. Enjoyed being here with you, Dr. Wilner. You've been listening to The Pulse of Emergency Medicine on ReachMD. The preceding program was sponsored by Eagle Pharmaceuticals. If you have missed any part of this discussion, visit ReachMD.com slash emergency med. Thank you for listening. Eagle Pharmaceuticals is a specialty pharmaceutical company that develops innovative injectable products. Eagle is primarily focused in the areas of critical care, orphan diseases, and oncology, with the goal of creating safer and more convenient treatments for patients and healthcare professionals through optimized formulations. Visit eagleus.com for more information.